your socks. Oh. This is Dr. Ta. This is Professor Feather. Midnight Gadefly. Dr. Head. And this is Blue Fubar. <laughs> Sorry. And you are listening to. We're back for the 1980s science fiction. What are we going to do? Oh, should I talk louder? Can you hear me now? <laughs> what are we going to do? We're going to do 1982. 1982! I can. <laughs> yeah, see? Okay, so let's start with Blade Runner. Oh, Blade Runner. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Oh, no. You're skipping, buddy. Go ahead, wait, go whoa, ahead. Whoa, whoa. What do we got? We got to go to 1990, the Bronx yes. Warriors with Vic Morrow and Fred <laughs> fucking Williamson. Yep. Vic Morrow. I am fortunate enough to have just seen this just a few months ago on Turner Classic. because Friday night. They've got their, their schlocky exploitation movie night. And this was on, and I recorded it, and I fast-forwarded through it because it was so bad. <laughs> And it's, and it's lots an of, Italian. It's an Italian movie. It's an Italian science fiction action film, and uh, it's you know post-apocalyptic again. Mad Max-ish. Mad Max feel with with, with motorcycles, and um, um, lots of people dressed badly. <laughs> and spikes and, and and lots of motorcycles. Um, set in the desert known as the Bronx, and uh, boy, it's just a horrible, horrible movie. But it's not so bad when you fast forward through it. Don't forget the roller skating gang. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was it was slightly more menacing than the one in, in <laughs> Batman and Robin. <laughs> exactly. I felt your pain there. Every sphincter closed up. <laughs> or the Warriors. It's a yeah. roller skating gang and the Warriors, too. Come on, play. So there, there's Bronx Warriors. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, we did, we had to mention it though. Yeah. No, we didn't. <laughs> oh, all the Charles Band movies. He what was his? We're not there yet. So, oh. uh, do we have a uh, Blade Runner? Horrible movie. One of the worst movies ever made. Um, I just absolutely despise it. That Ridley Scott couldn't act or direct his way out of out of origami. Uh, um, Dr. Head's sock. No, and, and Douglas Trumbull needs no. to get his shit together. Look, look, he should have watched 1990 Bronx Warriors before he even started. I didn't. Then he would know how to put the fucking movie together. I can see Harrison Ford. I gotta go get a motorcycle. Nope, I think I want roller skates. Uh, we've, talked, we've talked a lot about Blade Runner. About... It. Sci-fi noir. It was, yeah, the, visually one of the most stunning movies. I think to this day, even it is just gorgeous, uh, and the the soundtrack, 
you know, the comic oh, books. One of the best that ever. Yep. I mean, it's just so moody and beautifully done. The the noir feel of it. Um, I mean, just the look, top to bottom, the, the movie just pulls you in. And, uh, and Sean to, Young is just absolutely drop yeah. dead gorgeous in the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, the femme fatale. I mean, she's got it down, hands hand over fist. Yeah, I, I got to say, over I'm fist. really glad that movie was made. Um, I know it didn't do real well on its theatrical release, but I, yeah. I'm so glad it came out because it it's it it found its people. You know, we we all knew immediately when we saw it. We're like, this is like in that collection of movies that w- we would take with us anywhere. Um, because it's just so beautifully designed and shot and scored and acted. Everything is Layered. beautiful. Yeah, but the, I think part of the problem with that movie, though, is I saw it in a theater. Um, we literally went to uh, Franklin Park Theater, and uh, Professor Feather decided he was going to go see uh, a little-known film um, by Monty, or by, uh, not Monty Python, but... Uh, uh, what was the one with the kid who has the the closet and he has to go? Oh, it was Time Bandits. Time Bandits, yes. So Professor oh, Terry Gilliam. Yeah, 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 Professor Feather goes to see Time Bandits. And me, being a fucking lover of Star Wars, goes to see Blade Runner, thinking <laughs> this is going to be a Star Wars kind of film. And I get out of that film going, I don't know what the fuck to even think about what's, what happened here. You know, that's not Han Solo. Um you know, and then I think it was funny because Feather came out and going, I don't know if I like that time bandits. That's fucking, <laughs> you know, so it, it was a, a lot of, dis- but it was much later that uh, I think we we love both those movies, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said, I, I think it was not an immediate hit for me at all. I mean, I was really just like, this isn't Star Wars. It was, it was too real. It was too much of a, a real science fiction <laughs> as opposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the side fantasy, yeah, side fantasy. Um, so yeah, but you know, now looking at it, you know, you go like I know who D- Douglas Trumbull is, and I go, okay, well, there's a master right there, and we're, mm-hmm. we can talk about him later because he actually directs a movie that we have in our '80s list. Um, so this may be weeks away because the '80s is so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a good. It's a Blade Runner is just phenomenal. As an aside to Blade Runner and the look, um, have any of you watched the it's a, the Netflix series um, and based on books called Altered Carbon? Yes, I have mm. not. not oh yet. yeah, oh, awesome. I hear it's really good. It's really good. The first season is excellent, but the first but season it the has best. that that Blade Runner milieu, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just it has that feel. They've yeah. captured it so so well, and it's kind of a Blade Runner esque type story in a, in a, in a way i mean not but um yeah oh dr head you they're great they're during the second season i just picked netflix back up so i'm i haven't watched the second season i just watched the first episode of the second season which um if you're in altered carbon um people have what what are called sleeves they're kind of like clones in in a way um but the main guy is like this detective kind of weird. But anyway, in the first series, he's played by one guy. In the second series, it's a whole different actor. He's a whole new sleeve. So it's following the the tradition of the books. The books, by the way, are absolutely fantastically good. Okay. That solves the problem of the the two Darrens that you had on on Bewitched. (laughs) Yes, yes. 
great don't anymore. Have, don't even have to try to cover it up or make them look the same. Magic. Right. I got a whole new sleeve, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> York this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Ultra Carbon, I think the the first um, season is great because it has um, the, the whole hotel as an AI and that these mm. all these AIs get together and compete for having humans come be part of them. They really want, like, humans, they really want humans to, to like them. Uh, or at least this one, Poe does. Um, Poe, and yeah. he's a, it's a, yeah, kind of a representation of Edgar. Yeah, it is, yeah. And it, yeah, it's, the, it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's, well, and it's one of the best characters in there. I mean, just, and the, yes. just how Poe becomes the guy who helps his daughter who is trapped in AI. I mean, it, it is just a, uh, it's really intricate and uh, nuanced and, and really well done. I would say the second season um, goes more towards the action kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's not right. as, it? yeah, it's not as nuanced. Uh, not bad, but it's a totally different feel. It really tries to explain a lot from the first season that I'm like, I really didn't need to know that. You know, I really just was like into these characters as they were um, in that first season. Um, but still, yeah, just great stuff. But it is very Blade Runner. Very Blade Runner. Yes, it is. So the next one that we have on here is uh, Cat People. Oh. Paul Schrader. <laughs> Paul Schrader. Well, is that science fiction? Yeah. Would that be science fiction? That's more fantasy or supernatural, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it could be anything. Yeah, it's something. like technically the horror oh, film, like yeah. the remake of the of the. Right. Unless, unless there's, yeah, I don't, I don't see this really as a science. Caused film. by a meteor. Sorry. <laughs> well, I yeah, think I, that is true. I mean, it, it to me, it has more of a, a supernatural. The science is psychology. I mean, that, that's, no, it <laughs> well, really is. True. It really is. It's true. If you consider psychology a science. Um, right. <laughs> sorry, all you psychologists out there. Um, they. But it's Paul Schrader. And having said that, it's a really good movie. It is. It's no, it's a fun I movie. I really yeah. like yeah. the movie a lot. N no. Natasha Kinski, John Hurd, Malcolm McDowell. I mean, you got all kinds of people in there. So, no, it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, a great theme song. I mean, one of Bowie's yes. excellent, mm -hmm. excellent yeah. song. And it really yeah. sets that mood. Yeah. When Bowie shows up in a lot of science fiction stuff in the eighties. Well, yeah, that's. Mm -hmm. Uh, so th that leads us up to E.T., the extraterrestrial. Elliot. <laughs> Another seminal movie, you know. Spielberg, perfect, you know. Yeah, I mean, this is what Spielberg did for the, the whole science fiction genre is the... Well, not He didn't do it, but he really uh, kind of like made it come home as the, the benevolent aliens, you know, not, you know. It's like uh, the day the Earth stood still. It was different because the aliens that look like they're invading, they're not. And he brought his childhood feel to it. Well, yeah. yeah, and I think this mm -hmm. this this leads up to the explorers, which we'll talk about later. Um, is that it's the kid's perspective? The ET is a kid, uh, and he's hanging out with kids, and his parents come to find him because he's lost. Yeah, he's lost in the mall. He's lost in the mall. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and goes to Kmart or you know the blue light special. The parents go pick him up. When and there's Darth Maul. Well, and here's the the best part is the, to me is the scientist that comes and is really nice to um, what is it uh, Henry Thomas 
Elliot? His character. Elliot. Yeah, Elliot. Yeah, he's really nice to Elliot. He's like, oh, you know, he's not really trying to exploit everything like what most scientists would do. He's really trying to help, you know. So it's not yeah, the, the benevolent scientist is another thing that it, you don't see that. Yeah, much. no, and it's 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 a non-exploitative. It's it doesn't yes. exploit the aliens, and that's that's really an interesting kind of twist and turn on that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it, it, it still uses the government as kind of the bad guy, yes. you know. But mm-hmm. it, it does kind of fiddle with the formula a little bit, mixes it up. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of carrying over that sense of wonder. You you have that wondered imagination that was a carryover from yeah. close encounters of the third kind you know with that with whole crossing of the like moon open and accepting right in there trying to find the truth yeah and it it had this is uh, what i think spielberg brings to us is his ability to find child actors that are very very believable very uh, and very charismatic you know so like henry thomas drew barrymore you know it's drew barrymore's best role ever <laughs> <laughs> Firestarter's pretty good. I'm just saying. Uh, that's just true. Back I, I off. <laughs> just back off. All right. Yeah, I think that the, that movie is great, and it also was like the first movie that really had the big, um, uh, what is that placement, uh, advertising placement with the Reese's pieces. Yeah, oh. like the candy came out right. Yeah. Yeah, boy, I bet you Mars is still still reeling from that decision because they yep. went they went to mars and wanted to use m&ms yep. and mars is like no yep. not can't use can't use it so they went to reese's and they're like okay we'll come up with something ergo still have yeah. them today yep yeah, that's, that's awesome. a dumb decision yeah it is <laughs> wow and and one of the worst atari games ever <laughs> i saw so. that i saw so, that documentary interesting point yes however the one thing I will say is, is that for that console, that technically could be considered one of the first RPG games um, oh. for the home market. I mean, it's very much, a, a, a you know, you're assuming the role as an alien, E.T., and you're running around. It just suffered from terrible gameplay. I mean, if that thing had clicked, I, I mean, I remember my friend having it. He got it for Christmas. And we tried to play that game. We were invested but the controls and the just the the, the way the the um, collision detection was so bad, it just made it useless. And we just were like, screw this, we're not playing it. But we were ready to, and it's like I, I felt so bad because this is the guy that did Yar's Revenge, one of my favorite yeah. twenty six hundred games, and he gets saddled with this impossible project and goes down as the guy that partially sank Atari, which I think is unfair. But what did you see? There the... was no pitfall, Danny. Yeah. Did, <laughs> yeah right. did you see the documentary about the, all that? The whole Atari evolution. Uh, it's a really good documentary because yeah. it literally it was that they had so much money they started creating this culture of partying and oh, you know yeah. yeah just like you know those guys were like stoned and and <laughs> drunk and then yeah. immediately the games went to shit. They really did, yeah, and that's that's they really had no, they couldn't ramp up, they couldn't get as big as they wanted to, and still maintain the culture that they had. Right, um, and and then and then of course they get well. I think the it, they started moving downhill when Warner Brothers, um, Warner Communications got involved, and then the suits got involved, and then I think they were licensed. They were they were just throwing licenses to everybody who could create a game for the platform, and it was just it was like an avalanche of crap came in well and that that takes us to the next movie which is uh parasite 
by Charles Band. In 3D. I'd like to go back and, and discuss two in between here. I think we've missed out on. Uh, I think we all missed out on Megaforce. <laughs> yes, we did. No, we no. all missed out on that. No, didn't miss uh, out. It, it's intentional. All I want to say is, you know, hair. Barry Bostwick. It's a movie about hair. Stylish, <laughs> hair with thin little leather headbands and body suits and uh, badly done kit cars. Wasn't this a Hell Needham? Motorcycles. Yes. Was this so, a Hell Needham movie? Uh, yeah, horrible, horrible. Um, and and then uh, another another movie by Enzo Castellari who did the uh, the 2099 Bronx Warriors. Um, he did. Uh, the new barbarians um you know another post-apocalyptic movie that was the second you know the second movie that turner classic had shown they showed both of those movies in the same night and i made the mistake of dvring both of them (laughs) so (laughs) that's all i really want to say horrible i've not seen the new barbarians i've never seen that yeah me either did you see the old barbarians I saw the old barbarians, but not the new barbarians. That was Conan. We're the barbarians. We are the new barbarians. Oh, right. (laughs) Blue Fez. Oh, Parasite. Demi Moore. In 3D. In Charles Band. Okay, let's move on. Charles Band. Yeah, let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) Nothing to see here. I keep please moving. 3D. Parasite. Yeah, because the next movie is uh, right up Blue Fez's alley. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Khan! Khan! I'll kill you, Khan! Yes! Yes! Okay, so Blue Fez, what do you think of this movie? Okay, so <laughs> I, I remember, I, I think this movie and E.T. were out at about the same time. And I remember as a family we were going to see it and i think this was also being shown at the franklin park cinemas the old the old one out there on monroe and we sat down and my dad looks over and he goes you know i'm not i really don't want to see this why don't we go see uh, et again and i looked at him and i said screw you i'm saying <laughs> my dad just kind of looks at me with a, like a okay yeah, grateful bastard. <laughs> and he's like just calm down just kidding yeah I don't. so um so here's the thing yeah i love the movie Everybody says it's easily the best Star Trek movie of the original crew, and it is. Though there's sometimes I wonder if it it's it's aged as well as it has. Because I, I know we've discussed this before. I, I still point to the motion picture as my favorite because if you think of the science fiction concept, I prefer that. While Wrath of Khan is a submarine revenge movie, um, and that's not bad i mean don't get me wrong it's good but you know it's like if you could just get the acting out of wrath of khan and if that was moved into the motion picture i think motion picture would have been a more successful film but uh yeah no i mean i remember really enjoying this but one thing that that killed the movie for me is when i i read a reviewer that said yeah we're getting uh these uh star trek actors who are who are getting a little long in the tooth and we put them in band uniforms and i went Oh God, they are bad uniforms. It's like oh, now I can't unhear that comment. So. But it's Ricardo Montalban, and he's just enjoying the hell out of everything he's doing in that film. And he's ripped. And he is ripped. Yeah. yeah. And he's I mean, fine he Corinthian leather. Program where he was lifting weights, and like my God, <laughs> he's one sexy bastard. I'm telling you. You know, his skin looks like rich Corinthian leather. <laughs> you know. 
yeah, I love this movie too. I, I, I four I think is the, the my favorite of the series, but uh, I, I love this movie. It, it, the fact that it tied in so beautifully to Wait, the original did you series. Just, did yeah. you just say four? Which one is four? Was that Which one is four? That's the voyage home. Voyage home. Okay, yeah, okay, I like that. I thought you were like the undiscovered country or whatever the the one with. No, the that was movie. five. That's, That's five. six. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's like six. Oh, six. oh right. Five, five is right. the the voyage to the Eden thing. Yeah. Five yeah. is the final frontier. Yay, brother! Which, which is yeah. what, which is the one where they find God? Good. I think the the even numbered ones are are pretty good, but um, but there is something great about the the first one. Which one is the one where they find God? That's that's. That's five. Okay, five. yeah, that's my least favorite one. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't so great, but uh, yeah, this one Star Trek Two is just awesome amount of, amount of fun, and uh, you know, just the, the cat and mouse, and that that fact that he carries this hatred for Kirk all this time <laughs> is just beautiful. You know, I just love that. So next on the list is Swamp Thing. Yes. <laughs> Adrian Barbo. Tits. Tits. <laughs> Swamp tits. Slam tits. Mammalian protuberances. Okay, so uh, we have uh, Wes Craven was involved with this movie. <laughs> At some level, yes. Yeah, it's pretty cheesy, but it's fun. What oh. did you think, Tar? The first Swamp Thing, it's pretty cheesy. The makeup. Oh yeah, that suit is not is not good. If the second the one suit was better. That they had in the second one for the first one. Oh, I'm getting them confused because uh, uh, Adrian Barbeau was in the second one, right? No, she's in no, the first. That one. was Heather Locklear. Was in the Heather Locklear. Oh, okay. And right. they, yeah, the costume was much better in the second one. Yes, look more like, yeah. But, the, but they were fun. Yeah, it wasn't well executed. I love the character. I, I love the you know Swamp Thing and Man Thing, Marvel's Marvel's yeah. version. Um, I, I've always liked Man Thing, especially when it was uh, taken over by um, uh, Moore. And uh, but yeah, it's just not executed very well. And unfortunately, the the new series just didn't take off. But yeah, I wanted to like it, but it's just it's just not yeah. good, man. It's like a sore thumb. That is solid B movie material. Yeah, and Adrian Barbeau's nudity just can't save it. <laughs> Helped, but couldn't save it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I watched that scene a lot. Yeah, we thank her for the, the effort. Thank you. Thanks, Doctor John. Doctor has a sock named after. Her. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I got my Adrian sock. That's right. <laughs> Adrian. <laughs> and next is yep. The... She's been worn out quite significantly between that and Escape from New York. You know. <laughs> that, that that athletic support panel in the sock does go a That's long right. way. Yes. Okay, so next we have the thing by John Carpenter. Uh, uh, we've talked about this movie. Several we times. really have. We have. It, it's a classic. What, what can you so, say? So good. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched this again like a month ago. Yeah, it's yeah. like a perfect movie. There's it, yeah. like there's nothing you go through in there and you go that should be cut out or whatever. Well, this is another one that didn't wasn't received well no, when it first came all. out. Not at all. No. But yeah, over the years. Too bad. 
But it is considered one of his best movies, and I think in terms of cinematography, it is clearly his best movie. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 like you said, we, we've talked about this a lot, but I, I remember when I saw it in, on cable, again, Showtime or whatever, I, I immediately I was just like stunned during the whole thing. I was just like, mm-hmm. you, yeah, it, 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 it's like it grabs you at the beginning, that stark, you know, shot of the, the wasteland, the dogs, and then to the very end, fading out into the darkness. And you're just kind of like, oh my God. You're like, oh. Yeah. oh. With that great minimalist sound. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. And you know, Morricone, my God. Yeah. Just oh, beautiful. Yes. Yes. Well, and there's, yeah. It still amazes me that that was not well received because, holy crap, the first time I saw it, I was like instantly hooked. Was, yeah, me too. And all the practical oh, yeah. effects. Yeah. Yes. It's just. Blew me over, and it still holds up. I mean, yes. and there's a, just a little bit of humor from time to time, like yeah. when the when the head like rolls down and sprouts the legs and starts crawling away like a spider. He's like, <laughs> "You gotta be fucking, <laughs> you know?" <laughs> yeah, because I saw that in a theater, and luckily we had a movie theater that you, you know they showed it twice uh, in, and on the weekends. So he and the manager always let me stay and watch the second show for free. So I, of course. I think I went to see that like four times, you know, just because I couldn't get it, enough of it. It was just the absolutely wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's great. The uh, comic artist Mike Plug um, worked on the uh, some of the the uh, storyboards for that, and he's been posting them on his Facebook account. It's great seeing these drawings. You're like, ah, oh, I remember that shot. I know exactly which one that is. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I think one of the things I, uh, that I like about that, are, and one of the reasons that uh, it didn't do well in the theater was because the advertising, I think they were very specific about not showing anything. So they gave you all this, like, setup, but never showed anything that was monster-related. True. Well, I love the cover art. It's, it's, it's just well, that it, outline of the parka and that... Yeah, the kind of beams yes. coming out. I mean, mysterious. But it, it's the same. And thing. being a kid who watched the thing from another world, I knew, I knew what it was. Well, the commercials and the and the trailer didn't really show anything. You know what I mean? There was none oh, of the. Okay. You know, like they just literally it was a. It looked like it was about some sort of uh, weird science expedition, you know, gone wrong or something like that. So, but I think that was part of it. But it, it has found uh, you know, and if you look at film history books. It's right there with They Live, which we'll talk about, you know, in a, in a few years. Um, not literally. A few episodes, a few years. Um, from John Carpenter, that's actually a very seminal film. You know, like it's a film that, you know, kind of altered the way things got done. Um, but I think the thing really played off of Alien, you know, the, the original Alien movie. Um, uh, and that uh. kind of like you're, you're contained. You have a set... A bunch of characters, and you don't have a lifeline. There's nothing that's going to help you immediately. Yeah. You know, you're fucking isolated out in the middle of nowhere. Kind of like the submarine movies of the '40s. Well, yeah, sure. I don't. I didn't watch any of those, but I'll, I'll take your <laughs> word for it. <laughs> so the the final movie, unless somebody else has something else that I missed, which I probably have, is going to be Tron. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who said that? <laughs> Okay, so the original Tron. Um, so they've got all these skateboard costumes on um, and frisbees. And they drink the water that gets them high. In black light. 
Yeah, and black light. Yep. I mean, come on. What's not to like about Tron? Other than Except the video. For the one f- falls in the water and it gets stuck in that pipe. And... <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Wrong one. So they had the Tron video game. Do you remember that? It, uh, yeah, so there were in, two of them. There was a light cycle game and then yeah. the Frisbee game. Yeah, well, we had, yeah. uh, and they had those at Old Town in yes, Southwick. In Southwick at, uh, uh, in Toledo, where yeah. we grew up. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, the, it was the upright Tron and then the discs of Tron. It was the, the yeah. one in the, the big, the walk in cabinet. Wow. So what I about the, play what, that game to save what about the movie Tron? The original movie Tron, what do you think? Tronolithic. Terrific. Okay, so <laughs> it's it's an interesting concept. The thing that bothers me uh, about the film is that it gives up the 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 thing that makes it special way too early. In my opinion, when the movie starts, they should not have introduced the computer world. Um, you know the the whole part where they're they're play, people are in the game they're playing the the light cycle game and then it transitions and then we meet David Warner's character Sark that none of that should have happened it should have stayed firmly rooted in the human world and when Jeff Bridges gets brought in that should have been our first boom moment we're like oh shit we're that we're in fucking Oz now we're in a digital Oz um, and everything is you know different but. I think they've I, 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 I sense a certain like nervousness from the director that he's like, okay, I, I don't think I'm getting this across. So I'm going to have to put something in the beginning to get people into it. And, and for me, that kind of weakens the, the moment when they, when he crosses over, I mean, it's not a great story. It's a little, but it was again, from a technical aspect as a kid, I remember I, I'd never seen anything like this before. And I was so blown away uh, that, you know, you get home and then the first thing you do, you grab Frisbees and you start winging them at each other, you know, <laughs> knocking each other in the head. Grab your skateboard helmets and just start funking on each other with Frisbees. But, um, yeah, that that's that's what I got to say. What, what, I, I always love Tron. I'm a big Tron fan. And at the Oscars, they got nominated for you know, Best Costume Design and they were beat, I think, by Gandhi. <laughs> Much uh, more challenging. Nah, I'm making this shit up. <laughs> you grab me that sheet. <laughs> but uh, I love Tron. I saw it oh, the I thought you were gonna say Gandhi, but Gandhi. Trondi. You know, they could just do Trondi. <laughs> I'd be all over that. No, I saw this in the theater, and you know, nothing quite captures the experience of seeing the grandness of this computer world and the cycles and the the hovering you know the, the ships and the magnificence of it than on a large screen yeah you know disney has it which is great and so we were watching it but it's still not the same you know there's something that happens in the translation to the video process where it looks a little less warm and a little more special effecty and cartoony but but uh it was so groundbreaking and ahead of its time even though the story is, is fairly you know fairly common we got a evil overlord and we got some some guys who are going to go and, and try to overthrow it and save all the people from the you know from the evil warlord, and um, but visually striking the look of the film uh, was it the same guy who did uh, Blade Runner right wasn't it his um, no. was it his design or was it someone different oh like well well Sid Mead worked on the film yeah. who also worked on um, okay that's what I'm thinking yeah Sid Mead 
Yeah. Well, and I think that one of the, you know, we, we get lost in the visuals of uh, Tron, which is great. You know I mean? Like, the, that's one of the first 3D model, and they did, you know, actual computer animation. But the soundscape of that is amazing. I think that yeah. really is what sells me. It's not just, and it's not even just like the sound effects and the music. It's the sound that they mix with the voice and, you know, and get, uh, you know, um, all that kind of stuff, the mainframe. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, as I said, just, the, and just the, like if you were in the theater when that came up and those those little tank things with the turning arms came THX. up. THX. Yeah, you'd be like, I mean, it was, you know. Dolby. It was good. Yeah, it was good stuff. Anything else for Tron? Anybody? Then we're Front on to lips. 1983. <laughs> 1983? Yeah, we don't have to talk about Zapped. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, come on. Scott <laughs> Superpowers. Come on. He makes tops open up. That's right. I Bob. mean, if you had that power, you'd be using it, right? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Except the sequel didn't work out so well because he was working in a nursing home. But um, <laughs> still had that same power. Well, this Trying is not to open the tops. Snap, there are some things you just don't want to see. <laughs> so with 1983, we should actually talk about Brainstorm, which was uh, directed by Douglas Trumbull. Yep. Had Christopher Walken, Natalie Wood. Didn't he kill her? Uh, and then yeah, Louise that's, Fletcher. That's the theory. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. This taste. is not the same as brain fart. Brain but then so you know, in that same year, we have the Dead Zone by David Cronenberg, right? With Christopher Walken. With Christopher Walken, yeah. which is to me one of the best Stephen King yes. adaptations. Yeah. yeah, I like that one. And even more important, we have Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Three more days. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Three hundred and sixty-four days. With deadly spawn, man. Who <laughs> deadly spawn? Oh yeah, that's a good one. I was thinking Escape from the Bronx. <laughs> mm. Yeah, What's by that? the same guy who did the Bronx yes, Warriors. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 It's a trilogy, yeah, trilogy was, masterpiece. Yeah, he was cranking them all out. Yeah, we got Henry Silva in that. It's awesome. Oh, I love Henry Silva. Oh, I love Henry Silva. Yep. He's we one of the love greatest you, non-actor so. actors ever. <laughs> oh, we, we, you, all, you all have to watch Johnny Cool. That movie is Johnny awesome. Cool. Yeah. I liked all of his roles that he's played. And he's played... Uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. We, <laughs> we saw that baby in the theater and we're, we're we did, yes. pretty freaking disappointed. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine how that felt. <laughs> It was like, what the fuck? I mean, we literally were like, I was walking out going, what? And, and even through the movie, we would look at each other going, what the fuck? <laughs> I and still like it. In the mask toss, we actually laughed. Oh, we did. We did. <laughs> I don't think we were the only ones in the audience. I, yeah, and I think that's when that everybody. That was so ridiculous. That's when everybody in the audience gave up on the movie. Yeah. Know, they're just like, <laughs> wow. Just you, go. You got it that far and then gave up? Yeah, or? yeah. It was, yeah. Because there was so, some cool concepts. So you guys, you guys know who originally was supposed to direct that, right? Joe Dante. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was, uh, and and uh, was it Nigel Neal, the guy that wrote the Quartermass yeah. movies, was brought in to do the script, and he and took then, his name off of it. <laughs> yeah, and De Laurentiis, uh, I think, stuck his finger in there and screwed everything up, and then we got this 
abomination and uh, one in wow. the pink, one in the stink. <laughs> <laughs> Dino. Yeah, I, but it's still a really cool, you know, it's science fiction because they use computer chips that were, you know, yes. imbued with uh, chips from, uh, chips imbued with chips from, from, from the Stonehenge. Stonehenge. The Stonehenge. Yeah, which is a pretty good, I like the concept. Oh, great, like, yeah. You know, like and he was some ancient wizard. And some, and some yeah. really memorable scenes, like when people put the mask on and then bugs start coming out of their face. You know, I mean, that's pretty, mm -hmm. that's pretty gruesome. And then what we were just talking about the one where... The guy reaches in and the eyeballs and pulls his nose bridge <laughs> and snaps and you click, you know, you're like, oh, that's gruesome. Well, one of the big the things, the, the, the downfalls here again, you know, you just come off of Halloween one and two, which <laughs> were brilliant movies or one movie that was actually one whole movie. And then to come and then this is such a change, it is. you know, you're, you're expecting, you know, your, know, your expectations are totally different. And I, you know... It is a bad movie, even though, you know, even if it was a standalone and wasn't named Halloween 3, it's still a bad movie. But I probably would have accepted it a little bit more if it hadn't been a part different of the name. Halloween franchise. You know, it just because it it just totally threw it out, totally yeah. out the door. Yeah, and even at the it time. It threw it up. It threw up. All yeah. of the And at the time, you know, I, I had acknowledged at the time that, that Halloween, Halloween 1 is one is probably my one. Yeah, it's one of my top horror movies ever. Halloween one and two. I mean, they're one movie for me. Um, they're they're one of my top favorite horror movies ever. Um, only because I because I like the character that Jamie Lee Curtis plays so so much. She, you know, that was here again. We talked about this before. That was a record breaker right there. That was totally goes against the grain of the femme fatale the 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 helpless woman you know all of a sudden we we've got a real woman we've got a real human being here saying fuck this you know i'm gonna fight <laughs> you know and you're going yes yes you know, that's that, that that's cool but well, then halloween 3 just totally went down into that toilet yeah how, how we got called called a halloween movie you know i just don't know kind of like yeah. godzilla 98 got called like no, that's genius. Come on, fuck off. <laughs> well, the, story, the story I read, like in Fangoria or something, was that the Halloween franchise was never meant to be a continuation of the Michael Myers story, but every movie was supposed to be something different. Right. A different story, like, you know, almost like a creep show or, you know, like an anthology about Halloween. So right. under that context, they certainly tried it. But I guess maybe they went too far in reaction just... to this steaming pile. I was like, oh, let's, let's get Michael Myers back in here. People like that. Yeah, because yeah. this was, this was awful. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still recovering from last night. <laughs> Viewing. It's just horrible. Well, it's like recovering from the next movie, which is Crow. Oh. Oh. It, I think that's a also terrible Also, it had movie. a video game, though. Oh, yes, yes, it did. Terrible, terrible and a comic movie. book. Oh, yes, terrible. It did. Yeah. That was, was Marvel, the stupidest. Right? Yes, I I was sucked in. I had a comic book store at the time and was sucked oh. in to the whole hype. And they said, "Oh man, you need to buy a bunch of these because they're <laughs> going to sell like hotcakes, man." And I bought a ton of them, and I probably still have a hundred or so. <laughs> they, I bet you, this is no kidding. I'll bet you, I didn't sell. Now. <laughs> I probably didn't sell five. No. No, you can't even give them away. They are so bad. They're not even collectibles. They're so, they were so bad. 
I probably didn't even sell five of them. And I think I sold most, I probably bought three of those five. <laughs> but the movie is a, an abomination as, you know, how could you make, how could you expect a comic book to be any good from such a bad movie? Yeah, it's it, it terrible. And it wants to, it's almost like you could see that everything is, to, to be a good movie, it's kind of there. It's just not, It's the execution is just. It looks yeah, like yeah. a British TV show. Yeah, it's yeah. Doctor it's, Who on. <laughs> they affect, oh, it's just bad. We also yeah, have it's uh, just weird. The the that was um, part of a whole spate of those kinds of movies, though. The, yes. the science fiction, fantasy, post-apocalyptic thing, like Metal Storm, Outlaw of Gore, Sin, and yes, and yeah. you know, and the Space Raiders, Space Hunter. Ice you know, Pirates, Warrior of the Lost World. <laughs> I mean, all those. Your Hunter from the Future. Those all came out the same year. This was this was a big zeitgeist, you know. And most of them were pretty horrible. Pretty you know? pretty bad. We also got like the first <laughs> Luc Besson movie, which was The Last Battle. Yeah, uh, out of France. That one is, I haven't seen. Yeah, I, I saw it a long time ago, and it's it's not bad. Um, he's clearly gotten better, but some people I don't would think say I've he ever hasn't seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cult classic, Liquid Sky. Pod people? Oh. No, <laughs> Liquid Sky. Yeah, Liquid, yeah, that's right. Liquid Sky. It was different. Very strange movie. It is, but it's a... Very it, strange It movie. is very, one of... Yeah, very one, cultish. Yes, it is a very uh, Independent. Cult here again, it was a, an independent movie that kind of uh, took off, you know, got got a lot of recognition. Um, we saw a lot uh, of this very, stuff early. Uh, in. Kind of... Yeah, just a, just an odd movie. If you've never seen it, it's a, it's well worth a watch. And then we move on to Maelstrom: The Destruction of Jared Sin by Charles Band. And Charles Band. <laughs> Metal Storm. I saw that one. Yeah. Huh? I'm sorry, Metal Storm. Yeah, not Maelstrom. <laughs> Metal Storm. Maelstrom. Yeah, Maelstrom. 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 Metal Storm. Maelstrom. Yeah. The destruction of Jared Sin. In uh, menopause. And you know, Jer- uh, Charles Band is uh, a very significant individual in the uh, in all of moviedom. You know. Just well, because. yeah, I mean, and he he came into his own with the whole VHS revolution, yep, yep. you know, that really brought him into into his own and distribution. And just cranked him out uh, what, when he was Full Moon Productions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, he was one of the major Brian Usna. Yeah, yes, he was one of the major distributors of VHS tapes. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, he wasn't just a you know filmmaker. He at a distribution had it, yeah everybody passed oh, yes. you know, through the Charles Band company for distributing movies um, and he's uh, apparently quite a character there's a really good uh, um, documentary on him I think on Amazon or Tubi or one of those um, just talking Tubi, about I think you were saying yeah it, it's a really it's really great I mean it's just uh, it's a pretty amazing thing so that gets us up to Return of the Jedi you're going to skip pod people. Okay, pod people. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. The only thing I know about pod people is the very first episode of MST3K. Yes. So that's the, that's the only thing that holds in my heart in the song they sing. Oh, is that yeah. the one with Trumpy? Yes. <laughs> so, okay. But back to Return of the Jedi. No, I li- it's all right. I smoked a lot of pod in the 80s. <laughs> you kids doing your pods. <laughs> Tide, Tide pods. Tide pods. Jinx. Puts a whole new meaning on the top. Yeah, yeah. 
Or the Todd people do. There seems to be suds coming out of their mouths. What does that mean? Here you go, Dr. Hedge, your next movie. Return of the Return of the Return of the Came from the Todd Pod. Todd Pod. Return of the Jedi. What do you think, Tar? Return to the Jedi. Tell us all about your feelings about this movie, Tar. I really didn't go see it. <laughs> I, by this time, I didn't really. Star Wars was just. Hmm. So I really, I think I've watched it. It was all right. I mean, it was. Which one is this? Is this the one with Jar Jar? Yeah, this is the one that has the song by the uh, by Banana Rama called Ewok with this the, the like with an Jabba. Egyptian. And Princess Leia in a gold bikini. Oh, Not okay. that I paid attention. Yeah, much. This is where Boba right. Fett has his real scene. Oh, and it had the pit and all that. Yeah, and the Ewoks. Yeah, those Ewoks. Oh, this is the one with the Ewoks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah those Ewoks. Ewoks. Outside of the Ewoks, it's not a bad movie. Like, there's a lot of good stuff in the movie, but, like, as soon as you get to the kind of Ewok stuff, it's, uh, it's a bit hairy. <laughs> Just a little and bit. The Ewok stuff is pretty bad, but but it has one of the best lightsaber duels of all th- of all the movies. Um, I think that the lighting and that final confrontation between Luke and Vader, mm-hmm. and the the sweeping score coming up, uh, it's very very intense, um, and it's it's beautiful. Almost looks like uh, it's a Japanese or Japanese style of art where it's almost like puppetry. You know, you get the black. And you have like the, the silhouettes, black silhouettes with the strong backlighting, and uh, shadow play. Yeah, I, I, that, there's a lot to like in the movie, and some things to not like. Ewoks, especially. Ewoks. Get your goddamn Ewoks off my yard. All right, so let's uh, let's head on to rock and rule. Rock and rule. You remember I, that? I have a friend, uh, Mock. Who's uh, grabbed his nickname from that movie? He loves this movie. <laughs> really, I've never even heard of it. Oh, it's a, an animated movie. It's uh, in the vein of like heavy metal. Uh huh. Um, the animation is really good, very exaggerated. Uh, yep. But it's uh, it's I think the the main villain is based on uh, Iggy Pop. Yeah, it very much seems that. Yeah, I just yeah, I remember seeing it, but I don't remember much about it. It yeah. was like on HBO or something. Yeah, exactly. But I, I would again, it was one of those I would watch every time it came on. Like yeah. you know that Akira, um, heavy metal. Like there's just all those animations that you know we were starved for back then uh, that you didn't get a lot of. Yeah, and it was really good. It was like Wizards, you know, the Ralph Bakshi. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that came on, you're like, what is this? And it was, Awesome. I saw that in the theater. Yeah, saw it at the Claisel. Fire and Ice, you know, all those. Yeah, Yeah, and I think like Heavy Metal, uh, Canadian too, if I remember correctly. Uh, Rock and Roll is. It's about the science fiction. Yeah. And we're (laughs) not going to skip Space Hunter Adventures uh, in the Forbidden Zone. Good. Yeah, because, (laughs) see, because I knew Mark was wanting to to get on his Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Hey. And, and Ernie Hudson, Ernie Hudson. <laughs> and Michael and Michael well, Ironside. I, I was thinking more Michael Hubba, Ironside. Hubba. Yeah, Michael Ironside. He was the he was the you know Daryl Revick. Daryl Revick. Scanners. I was waiting for him to do something to blow up Molly Ringwald's head up, but um, <laughs> yeah. Sadly, I I've never seen Space Hunter. Or maybe I did. Uh, I 
There are so many of these movies I probably watched. Yeah, I just it's don't it's recall. Totally that's forgettable. Good. This would be one that you yeah. would not recall. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. totally forgettable. He that played. Sounds just about right. Didn't he play the same kind of character in uh, Turbo Kid? Revic, not Revic, yes. but yes. <laughs> but like yes. an evil. Oh, a Turbo Kid is actually a fun. Liked. Yeah, yeah. One of my guilty pleasures. Which is making fun of, not making fun, but nodding to 80s movies and stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. And video games, yeah. Yeah, and video games. Well, it also in 1983, we have The Twilight Zone, the movie, um, which with directors like Joe Dante, uh, John Landis, Steven Spielberg, George Miller, actors like Dan Aykroyd, Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks? John Lithgow yeah. and mm -hmm. you know, you know, Kathleen Quinn. Oh, there's all kinds of, you know, like... What did you guys think of that movie? Could have been better. <laughs> I really wanted to like it. I really did, but it just... Well, it, it, the whole thing got overshadowed by the accident that happened, yep. right? Right. Yeah. right, Vic Morrow. That was it. Yeah. And that's why you... And there's a part, that's why, in a way, I, I was I watched it because I, I liked Vic Morrow. I'd watched, grown up watching combat. And, combat. and just to know that this scene he was in and to, to see it, was it was just kind of horrific, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there so was the one where it was the guy who 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 was what he ended up was it the one where he switched places with he was the enemy he turned into being like a Jew in World War Two. Yeah, he was he was going through all the yeah. Yeah, that was I thought it was really effective how they did that, but which is a remake of one of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, which they all starred, yeah. uh, which starred um, um, oh man. What's the guy in um, um, in Blue Velvet? The the weird singer. God. He was also he was also in. Oh man. No, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't think of his name. He was in he was in the original. He's a, um, he was a werewolf. Twilight right? Zone episode that that was based on. Okay. Didn't he, didn't he play a werewolf? I wasn't big into the movie, the Twilight Zone movie either. Just didn't grab it. Just didn't make. Just didn't grab me for for some reason. Um, I think there again, I just, I don't know, just, I don't know what it was. The whole Vic Morrow thing, you know, I thought that was, that was kind of, you know, and I think you're right. I think, I think it had a lot to do with it kind of not, not working. People were just kind of creeped out by that whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I remember for me, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the update of uh, Terror at 20,000 feet. I thought, John, I thought that the way that that was set up I, and who, who was the one that directed that sequence? Does anybody remember? Oh, I don't know. I was thinking of the remake the of the... I thought it... Uh, I don't know. What's the one that about the John. kid that can create would, everything was, with these Maybe it was George Miller? Yeah, because I, I thought that that was well done, to getting that, yeah. that kind of isolation... Or not isolation, but that claustrophobia. And I thought Lithgow did a great job, you know, just flaking out. And then, then the whole monster... The monster, it, you know, not being... Um, Ted, oh, what was his name? Ted Cassidy in a big fuzzy bear costume. Yeah. You know, they actually got, they made it kind of terrifying, you know, that grabs him by the face. is like, ah, ah, ah. Off. That, that was probably my favorite bit of the movie. I really enjoyed that. You were, you were talking about, I'd like to have seen Ted Levine. Oh, wait, hey, you put a size 14. That would have been awesome. <laughs> you were talking about Dean Stockwell earlier. Dean Stockwell. Thank you. And then finally, Werewolf in Washington. Yes, he was a werewolf. That's what I said. <laughs> um, so uh, the final movie that we'll talk about in 1983 before we wrap this uh, episode up is Videodrome. Stay tuned. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
this was a very disappointing movie when I first saw it. I think I've explained this before. I think I explained this before, man. Yeah, I think we've talked about video drum a few times. Yeah, yeah we have. We did a Cronenberg Day. Right, we on our Cronenberg Day. Yeah, it's still a phenomenal movie. James Woods. One of my all-time favorite movies, yep. and one of my one of my favorite David Cronenberg. And again, one sure. one that was not advertised for what it was. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's two movies I remember in the '80s that were like this. Uh, one was uh, Vision Quest, which I thought was going to be some science fiction movie. But was <laughs> oh <in> yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> it was about Matthew and singing in my oh, movie. <laughs> but it's really about Matthew Modine, uh, you know, banging his way older teacher. Um, and then he's a wrestler and Videodrome Videodrome looked like this you know like science fiction thing that would be more like uh, maybe Blade Runner maybe Star Wars or any of that kind of stuff and then you get there they didn't look like no Star Wars and I'm like going why does that dude have a vagina in his chest (laughs) why is it eating videotapes I don't even like it when my videotape player eats videotapes don't you hate it when your videotapes get stuck in a vagina (laughs) <laughs> Why is James Woods so scary? <laughs> well, that's what do you think the V stands for in VHS? Come on now. I was thinking it was uh, touche. I was thinking it was what I was going to get from Deborah Harry. But she oh, was, she's, <laughs> she's she's suitably sultry in this movie. She was, suitably. Oh, I had the biggest crush on her. Her and Policewoman. We were just talking about uh, you know Angie Dickinson. Angie Dickinson. Oh my God! Still, like if I see her, like uh, I just I fucking the way she wielded her mama? baton. <laughs> <laughs> How many nice. times have you watched that movie? Okay, so we were talking Tubi. On Tubi, there's a, a series of. Uh, um, Roger Corman and his wife talking about how they made all their movies over the years. Oh, cool. Quickly. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's a half hour each, and they go through like, oh, here's our exploitation, here's our criminals, here's our bad women, here's our, you know, they have great categories for how they do it. And he just talks about how, like, sometimes he made seven movies a year, you know, and just, and, and how he discovered these directors and how great they were, and, you know, like John Sayles and, you know. Um, well, it was always cool. They got to learn, but then eventually he let them direct a movie. Well, and that was the and, whole thing was yeah. he just wanted people that could direct them. You know, like yeah. he wanted to produce them and get them going. And they just wanted to know that he was turning it over to somebody that could actually get good shit out of there. And he's like, as soon as I met Ron Howard and he goes, I'll be so, in this movie, but I want to direct it and I want to do this. He goes, ah, all right, let's do that. You know, so that's what they did. Does anybody have anything else from 1983? Pop the clutch. Extra. What? Extra. You've never seen that one? No. What yes. is that? That's a British movie that's it's pretty bad. It's pretty horrendous. <laughs> but it's it's very odd. It's mm-hmm. kind of an odd movie. It's you like know? the reverse of E.T. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know that ET scene with the, the... It's an abduction movie. An yeah. abduction yeah. movie. So I, I yeah. figured Dr. Tar would like it. He likes abductions. The it's abduction and then alien manipulation and, yeah. of DNA. Yes. yes. You know? Where the banging time, aliens. <laughs> Let's see where the aliens walking. You know, it's not his finger that's glowing. Let's just say that. <laughs> where the costume? Uh, he's walking back on his hands. Do you know that part? Yes, right. yes. That picture shows up on all these paranormal websites as a sighting. They have like the green filter over it, saying it was like a trail cam picture. But it's from that movie. Damn it! So, know your shit. <laughs> and with that we gotta get out of here because we're at 55 minutes so let's go extra yeah
You guys want to watch me take a dump? Say! Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. Midnight Gadfly. This is Dr. Hood. And this is the Blue Fubar. A belt broke. <laughs> and you are listening to <laughs> the Velcro Podcast. Say, 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 say. You can find this everywhere. You gotta know where we are by now. Come on, we're 85, 86 episodes in. Jesus, give us a break. Yeah, leave, leave us, leave us a comment. Five stars. Do yeah. a screen capture. Send it in. We'll send you a. F- I'll send you a sock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't okay. Sticky. No, 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 no. This is supposed no, to be no. incentive. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Not in seminal. I'll just send you Ew. A <laughs> I stuck my little toesies in the water. Oh, speaking of that. We freaks on Facebook. <laughs> I don't, don't want to follow that. I was gonna say, nice follow up there. Yeah, wax on, wax off. I don't want to follow his socks. <laughs> Mark Justice, writer, sock wrangler. Now there's your next movie, right? <laughs> yeah, sock rock 'em, yeah. sock 'em, <laughs> robots. Sock it to me. Uh, insane radio at gmail.com in case you want to send us an email go to go to radio uh, unsane radio.com and look at the great pictures you can spank the uh, shock I'd like monkey. to give a shout out to uh, Sally zombie cheerleader who has come back on the scene after a few years being absent and uh, hiatus. we just love Sally zombie uh, <laughs> and, and, way, and, way to come back and another uh, from the dead horror house or horror host Hall of Fame inductee along with tar and feather. Yes, she is. Yeah. So, and? But I just wanted to say, hey, hey, Sally. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. Sally Radio likes. Radio Unsane Twitter. <laughs> at Radio Unsane Twitter. Sally likes live, guys. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Time yeah. together, blah, 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 blah. Char- blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Charlie Brown talk. Womp, 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 womp. <laughs>